you know, and you have to be the expert. Clients come to you to solve a problem, not to just do what they say. And I tell clients when they come to me, oh, I want I want my logo like this, exactly like this. I'm like, well, you can go to Fiverr and save yourself a couple <laughs> grand. Right. <laughs> and I, and I, and that's one of what I call martial laws is do what's in our worst interest, do what's in the client's best interest. Hey man, how's it going? Sean, what's good, man? How you been? Doing good, brother, doing good. Loving life, loving life, man. It's all good. And- uh, You're always like this on a Friday. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Talk to you <laughs> on a Monday. <laughs> You're a different cat, but that's all right. <laughs> Friday, end of the week, come happy Monday. It's like, oh man, I got gear back up and ready to go, but all, I'm, I'm good now. So, but, uh, and welcome everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of As Is To Be. I am your co-host, Sean Atchampong, Digital Transformation Specialist. I'm Carl, sometimes goes by Creed. I'm also a Digital Transformation Specialist as well. Right on. And today we have a super special guest. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Marshall Fox. Thanks for joining us, Marshall. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thank you both for having me. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. So thank you. Awesome. As of we, as of we. And um, for our audience, I want to spend a few minutes to tell you guys a little bit about Marshall. Uh, first of all, this cat, he's a multi-talented graphics designer, content creator, and the founder of 120 Design Studio, which is a boutique design firm which specializes in helping authors, speakers, coaches, solopreneurs in two key areas, branding and online presence. So this cat does it all. Um, his keen sense of design and attention to detail helps his clients increase brand awareness, credibility, and sales. Um, what has it been? Maybe four years. In, in four years, Marshall has entered the graphics design space, helped over 600 clients build um, 120 Design Studio into a six-figure agency. So a lot of growth, a fantastic growth in four years. Marshall helps his clients ensure the quality of their visual brand matches the quality of their services, products, and other offerings. He's recently made a shift into coaching and training other freelance graphic designers who are looking to take their business from a side hustle to a full-time gig, or I love this, as Marshall likes to say, from good to goat, you know? <laughs> yep. He, he also recently started a YouTube channel where he shares productivity, mindset, business tips, tools, and and techniques for freelance graphics designers. Um, and on top of all that, when Marshall isn't sipping copy or uh, obsessing over like color palettes, he's spending time with his beautiful wife and four children. So, man, you are a busy dude, Marshall. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, it's, it's never a dull moment in this household. And I'll just throw this out there. Nine times out of 10, you will hear my kids in the background. So it's, not, it's a, a full house. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Great to have you on, Marshall. Uh, truth be told, I just gave the announcement to my kids saying, hey, I'm recording right now. Because yeah, they're playing video games. So, hey, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I, I did the same thing. Michael, but, yes. you know, you probably just hear, hear some little feet running up above me. I'm in the basement. <laughs> Sean's, the same, Sean's the same way, right, Sean? Oh, yeah. I gave my little man some time to say, go for a bike ride with mommy. Give us a little about an hour, you know, and then come <laughs> back. So, <laughs> bought myself some time, so... 
Yeah. Cool. Cool. But but Marshall, so glad to have you on, man. I I'm a fanboy. So we we talked a little bit before the interview. Uh, I saw you on your YouTube channel, and right from there, I was like, okay, I am totally intrigued. Uh, so I'm definitely going to unpack that. And you know, word of warning when you're when you're answering my questions, I might interrupt, and say, okay, Lee, tell me some more, right? I might yeah, dive yeah. into that some more. Okay. But let's start with your journey, right? Um, you being a graphic designer and starting your your company 120. I, I like to hear more about that. And then I promise you, I'm gonna ask you about more about YouTube and uh, your other modes of uh, communication. So can we unwrap that? What was your journey like? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just throw this right out there. My wife pushed me into this space. She saw something in me uh, that I didn't see, to be quite frank. You know, she, she recognized the gift that I had um, and she she recommended that I even um, get into graphic design. So um, just a little bit of my background. So um, around 18 or so, uh, 19, um, my wife, who was then my girlfriend, uh, got pregnant. You know, I had something to do with that, of course. So I had to I dropped out of college. Um, I got a job at Target. It was in inner city Baltimore. It was a high risk store, of course, high risk area as security. I was 120 pounds soaking wet, <laughs> but I was top flight security in that Target. Uh, but fast forward, I kind of worked my way up into management. I spent some time at their investigation center, but then I went over um, back into a store and became a manager of loss prevention. So I was there for about five years. So my background was kind of in the private sector, loss prevention, asset protection type of space. So from there, I spent a couple months at Walmart doing the same thing and then went over to a credit union um, as a fraud investigator and worked my way up in, into a team lead at, at the credit union. So my whole adult life from about 19 to about 26 was in that asset protection, loss prevention space. Um, but this this was 2016. February 2016, I was at the at the credit union in the fraud department. I texted my wife. I said, I'm leaving. I'm leaving on April 1st. That's going to be my last day. My wife was a stay at home mom at the time. We had one. We had two children, I believe then. Um, I think so. Yeah, we had two. Now we have four. <laughs> uh, but she's like, oh, you crazy. Why, why would you leave? You know, we had no savings. Um, I had no real plan, but I did say this. I said, I, I'm, I just I'm just not the nine to five type. Um, I think I'll go and and do insurance, sell insurance with my father who had been in, in the insurance industry for about 30 years. I was like, well, I yeah. can help him and we can build an agency. So on April 1st, I left. April 1st, 2016, I left. Um, just took the leap, right? What we call the leap. Yeah. And um, it was crazy. It was no salary, straight commission. So I was selling final expense life insurance door to door to seniors, um, you know, seniors who didn't really have anything, any any money set aside to bury themselves, um, you know, when that time came. So these are like small policies, $10,000, $15,000, things of that nature. So I had a couple great months doing that. Then I fell flat on my face. Mm. I fell flat on my face. This is 2016 election season. I bought a batch of leads. Um, we had to buy the leads. So when people saw the commercial on TV, they would call and say, hey, I like more information or they would they would uh, do that online. And we would have to buy those leads for about forty dollars each um, to go see them. So we would buy them in like 10, 20, 20 leads at a time so we can go see these people. And it was really weird because we would show up and they say, oh, I just requested information. I thought you were going to send me something. And I'd be like, well, I'm the information, um, you know, and, and try to get into the door and then sit down with them and kind of give them a presentation and hope to sell them. Um, it was very interesting. I, I 
I felt like I got a, a master's degree in, in sales and rejection <laughs> um, that summer. It was crazy, but I had a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of clients, you know, I was able to, to, to get people covered. And when people started to pass away, not to be morbid, but um, I felt good knowing that they had they had coverage. Um, you know, I try to be a, a nice a nice guy, like charming, throw throw him a smile. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't have the beard, so I was looking instead of 19, I looked maybe about 17. So you know, um, uh, I just couldn't sell. So I ended up buying more leads to dig myself out of that hole. But I ended up digging myself into a deeper hole, and it was just a it was just a mess. Um, this is the first time in my adult life where the bills aren't getting paid. They calling to try to repo the car. It, it, it was a mess. Um, and I was I was faced with a decision. I said, I said, do I keep going? Um, and my father, he had seen it all. So he's like, man, you just push through. You'll make you'll you'll be fine. Or do I make a pivot? So it was really rock bottom for me. And I had grown up middle class, you know, never missed a meal. You know, we weren't rich by any means. But, um, you know, I never really had that. Uh, uh, I was never really saw saw that, you know, financially, like not being able to seem like not being, being able to put gas in the car and get ready to come get the car, um, you know, down to our last five dollars for a meal until the next uh, commission check, things like that. Um, my wife said, you know, I'll go back to work. You know, she was a stay home mom. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. I said, no, I can't have you do that. Um, she said, well, what if you do graphic design? That's something that you've kind of been interested in. You took a class in high school. I gave her every excuse in the book. I said, yeah, I didn't go to school for that. So I Googled the average salary. It was maybe like 40K a year. I said, nah, I can't su support my family with that. You know, men with egos, we're like, nah, yeah. I, I, need, I need more than that. I need 100K uh, this year. Um, <laughs> you know, every every excuse. I didn't have an experience, but you, I thought about it, prayed about it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. So I actually um, approached somebody online in, in a professional development community. I'm a part of called Breathe University. It's, it's uh, a community uh, ran by a gentleman by the name of Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. So I've I was seen in his, him. I'm LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I see yep, him. On LinkedIn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he um he has a community. So I joined. I actually joined that community the day I left my full time job. So um we there was a meetup that summer. So I had met a, a few people. And one one of whom his name is uh, Robert Youngblood. I uh, hit him up on Facebook and said, hey, man, I, look, I see your logo. It looks like it could use some work. You, you mind if I work on a couple of uh, concepts for you uh, free of charge? I just want to build my portfolio and get some experience. He said, man, you'd be a blessing to me. Go ahead. Go for it. So I worked on about three different concepts, two of which he hated. Um, well, one of them, it really spoke to him. I actually have it up here as a reminder because it's the first logo I ever did. Um, and he said, yeah, man, uh, I love it. So he shared it in that community on Facebook and then on LinkedIn and things kind of blew up from there. Um, next thing you know, I went from zero to doing over 10K a month within like three months with no experience. So things kind of took fire. It seemed like there was an untapped niche where a lot of people that were in Eric Thomas's community are authors and speakers, coaches. You know, they were kind of in the same uh, industry that he's in. Um, so it seemed like they had no real option for high quality graphic design uh, for the types of things that they needed, whether it was websites, business card design, book cover design, it was a big one at the time. So I started doing those types of projects and those initial clients, they they really helped me figure things out. Cause I didn't really know how much to charge. Um, you know, I didn't really use contracts and have a, a solid uh, process. So I was figuring all of that out with those initial clients and, and, and they, were, they were along for the ride. So I never forget them. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got my start in this space. Um, and since then, um, like you mentioned earlier, we are a six figure agency. By the grace of God, I was doing that 
um, from year one. And, you know, I have kind of a small team now, but it's mostly just me. Uh, and I like to keep it lean because um, I've been feeling a pull to get into training and content creation, which I know we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about. Um, but I'm like, okay, I either I, I can have more impact doing the training and content creation, or I can try to scale uh, 120 design studio as big as possible. And I decided to move more into training and content creation. So a lot of the, the other graphic designers that are in this space, especially um, the black and brown graphic designers, mm-hmm. they can have the information that I've been able to use and apply to my business to have a successful career um, as a freelancer, as a one man band. Um, Cause they, they're talented, but they just don't have the right information that I've seen. Like I see the same questions and, and issues come up over and over. So I'm like, yeah, they, this is where they need me. This is where the world needs me in this lane, as opposed wow. to trying to scale 120 to, to make it as big as it can be. So that that's, that's awesome, Marshall. I mean, if I had to summarize that, like, first off, God is good. Second, uh, men, uh, women included, but when you find a great partner, men, when you find a good woman and she gives you advice, our first our first response is, uh, I don't know if I could do that. Like they see yeah. something bigger yeah. than we see in ourselves, but uh, right. amazing that you you take that on and say, yeah, you know what? I can do that. I also love the fact that you uh, look for a mentor, right? I'm a mm-hmm. big component of that. I absolutely love using mentors that will really be honest, right? I have some good friends, Sean, one of my good friends here as well, but have some good friends and good mentors that can be really, truly honest with me and say, here's where you can need to focus. And then you use a network. Using Absolutely. that network to reach out and say, okay, this is exactly the the um, uh, the area that I can I, I can focus on. Here's the stuff I can deliver, and using that as a way to build your 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 company. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Question, um, Marshall. I gotta tell you, man, I'm feeling your success in this journey, and you know, and the fact that you've been able to enable and lead so many others to success through your creative work. Um, I'm intrigued, like, what did it feel like reaching a new plateau in 120 and knowing that the business is at a level that now you can support your family through this? What was that yeah, like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it was it was an interesting journey because as creatives or well, individuals in general, we deal with imposter syndrome a lot. So um, and if you're not familiar with the term, it, it's essentially um second guessing yourself or thinking you're not worthy of success, even though you are right with me not having any formal training, not going to school for design. Um, I always felt like I was a fraud, at least initially, like, I don't really, really belong in here. Is this is this bubble going to burst? Um, I felt like somebody at any moment was going to just call me out and say, Hey, well, you don't really have the expertise, You're just faking it till you make it right. It's just that feeling that it's just negative self talk. So that really hindered me initially, but after year two or three, I'm like, okay, this thing is real. I think this is something legit. Um, and people started asking me questions and um, coming to me for advice. Then I was like, okay, yeah, I think I think I think I can speak on this now. And I, I did put in ten thousand hours into this craft um, relatively quickly. Uh, and I sat there and did the math, and that's when I started feeling a lot more confident. Um, and also, like I said, when people started coming to me asking asking questions and when I hired my first employee, I'm like, OK, not only am I able to provide for my family, but I'm able to create opportunities for others so they can do the same. Um, and I felt a sense of responsibility to make sure that I was able to continue to operate at a high level. Um, so, of course, my family can eat and others families can eat as well. So um, imposter syndrome still creeps in from time to time. 
but I'm at a point right now where it's like I'm focused on the impact. So with that at the top of my mind and as the goal, everything else kind of falls into place. You know, those those limiting beliefs and that negative self-talk, you know, I deal with that a lot less because I'm, I'm focused on a, a greater mission right now. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you mentioned imposter syndrome creeps back in from time to time because it, that's so real. Like no matter what experience you gain, the 10,000 hours of experience, you feel like if someone gives you uh, an offer, you're almost surprised sometimes. Or if someone gives you a compliment on your expertise, you're almost surprised sometimes. Like, really? Oh, okay, I guess so. So yeah, it's, it is a struggle. I have to admit, it is a struggle. And, and great for you to say that. And I'm sure our audience feels that the same way. Um, I, from you, looking from the outside in, I see you as an expert long before um, maybe you see yourself because I saw one of your videos. I saw your your YouTube video and it spoke to me in such a way. It was it was very strategic. It was comical. It showed who you are. It showed your ways of working. And I'm a big, strong believer of you know using your area to function during our you know 2020 COVID and 2021, making it work so it's practical but it, it's also uh, functional. So right. tell me about the, the the things that you lean on. So I know you're a big component of Ecamm. I really love Ecamm as well. Uh, tell me about your YouTube video, what tactics you use, I guess learning to make your business that you lean on to uh, work, go down that stream, um, any methodologies or, or tactics that's useful that our audience could be interested in as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there are a few things because I have a couple of different audiences, of course, like one, one of which is, are my clients, for design. Um, so there are a bunch of tactics um, I use with them and I could kind of talk a little bit about that. So when it comes to all design, and this is something that I also teach the designers that I mentor, is you just want to make sure that you create something that is simple, it's memorable, it's timeless, versatile, and appropriate. And a lot of what I do um, is for uh, personal brands. So um, let's say uh, I'm working with a personal brand client We'll usually start with like a brand strategy session and then uh, work on their logo. So, and then the logo serves as the anchor. It's the foundation. Um, it's the cornerstone. It's like the bedrock of their, what we call a design language. So if the logo is done appropriately using those criteria, simple, memorable, timeless, versatile, appropriate, and of course unique, then everything else kind of falls into place. And we're gonna wanna create a consistent design language um, so a lot of the times when clients come to me, their brands are all over the place or they may have a cool logo, but the rest of everything else should be all will be all over the place. But if we adhere to that criteria, everything else kind of falls into place and it's a lot easier. So I tell tell clients that the logo is the hardest thing. But once that's done, we're able to easily create a nice design language. So that's just a consistent look and feel across all of your touch points, whether it's your website or your social media or your email blasts, any marketing materials, you just want to have a consistent look and feel because we're creating a visual brand. You already have a brand, right? But a visual brand or your digital brand, it's just your, your, your digital reputation. It's what people say about you. It's what people think about, about you and your business and the experience that, that you, you create for them and the feeling that you, you leave them with. So everybody has a brand, whether you know it or not, you know, you have a rep rep uh, a reputation, but your visual brand is just your is usually your digital reputation. So um, so that's one of the staples that I use for my design business, because 
it's taken me a while to figure out like, oh, well, it's just, it's simple. You know, it's easy. Just simple, memorable, timeless, versatile, and appropriate. We just follow that and everything else kind of falls into place. Um, but people don't realize that, you know, they don't, they're kind of shooting from the hip. They're all over the place with it. They may create a logo that, and, and this is, uh, I don't want to jump around, but a logo should identify you or your business. It shouldn't have to explain, right? So why isn't Walmart's logo a shopping cart? Why isn't Target's logo a shopping cart? Because it doesn't have to be, you know, people know, okay, Target, if you just look at the logo and you didn't know anything about the company, you wouldn't know what kind, what it was. Like you wouldn't know like if it was a clothing store or a department store or, but it's just meant to identify. It's not meant to explain. You don't have to tell a whole story in your logo. So that's, that's an area where I see a lot of designers go wrong and a lot of um, individuals or people who are looking to brand their businesses go wrong. They think they have to tell a whole story. They think the logo has to have a whole bunch of sentimental value. As long as it does, doesn't fly over the head of your target audience, you're usually in good, good shape. Something that I recommend um, if you are somebody who is looking to have your logo done, just make sure that you really take the time to unpeel the demographics and psychographics of your audience. You also want to identify those and prioritize them because a lot of my clients, they have different audiences. You know, they may have coaching clients that they work with. They may have corporate clients that hire them to speak. You know, they may have a, a community um, that they that they kind of lead. And, and you know they're stewards of so you want to identify your audience 